rocking out to the music. You like music, man? I love music. I love every kind of music, but recently I've really started to get into this thrash metal music. <laughs> I don't know, there's something about it, man, that I just can't let go. It's great, it's great. There's this one band out that's called uh, Napalm Death. And, uh, and it's so hilarious. I mean, the, I, I listened to this album, I started listening to this album, and it was literally, I'm not exaggerating, that was it. <laughs> you know, and I thought, you know, someday this guy's going to want to slow down and do some duets. <laughs> you don't bring me flowers. <laughs> I'm a little bit country. <laughs> Here we are, back in the actor's room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and I am here with my brother Dave this week. Dave, say something. Hey, how we doing? I'm, I'm doing good, and we just talked. Both of us are kind of nervous about going into this. Is there a big reason why you're kind of nervous? And I think you explained to me why, but tell the audience why. Oh, it's really simple. We just want to do a good job on this, because, uh, you know, Jim Carrey is pretty complicated. Very. Yeah, I, I feel he is. And uh, just want to make sure we don't miss anything or... Yes. Um, uh, I, I think that's the number one thing is there's a lot of information. Uh, we want to put it into one episode if we can. Uh, it might right. be long. Uh, but doing my history and looking up what kind of uh, episodes that I have that are popular, um, I feel that this one is going to be listened to a lot. So another reason why I'm a little nervous is because it's going to be kind of popular. There's going to be people clicking on Jim Carrey because there's a lot of people well, that love him. Well, they really do. We'll find out. Uh, now, before we get into his childhood, I wanted to point out a few things about the show. And this is actually pretty cool. I got an email on Monday, and it was from a site that uh, keeps track of numbers from podcast and things like that and they notified me that the actors room is now ranked number 297 in sweden oh yeah you heard it here first folks number sweden, sweden we are ranked 297 in 297 in the um television slash entertainment podcast that's awesome I read that and I was like, "Really? Maybe next week, two ninety-five. We might move up a few notches uh, no. after Jim Carrey." Fucking wow! Great. Fucking great, right? Um, so, as I'm going to point out, please support the show. Go on to iTunes. You go on there. You can use your phone. Uh, you rate the show. Uh, give it a five-star review. Leave comments. I received a new comment last week. I explained it made my day. It was really great. Uh, if you go on there, Dave, there's a new comment. They were really talking about the show, and they liked it a lot. But I only have, like, six comments. 
So please go on there. You know, I know you're listening. It doesn't take right? long. It doesn't take long. Uh, and it really helps the show. Uh, and you can also donate to the show at the Actors Room. Um, you can go on the website. It's called theactorsroom.lipson.com. You can donate to the show a dollar. Anything would be appreciated. David would appreciate it as well. And I called you David, and that yeah, was, was really weird. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, who are you talking about? That's funny. Who, who's David? Okay. <laughs> James Carey. Okay. James Eugene Carey. Wasn't someone else named Eugene? The middle name? Yeah. Um, Wait. Well, I did a Gene Wilder episode. Uh, his name wasn't Eugene. That was his stage name. But I thought someone else was named Eugene. So that's kind of weird. Okay. Maybe. All right. Anyways, but yeah. In the early stages of his career, it wasn't Jim. No. It was, it was James. It was James. Yeah. And he switched it over to Jim later on down the line. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little better now. We're going to start talking about Mr. Carey. Uh, like I said, a significant figure in entertainment, period. He had a stretch that was undeniable in the 90s, the mid-90s. If you were alive at that time, uh, we were young, teenagers. We were the perfect demographic yes. for, for his rise to fame. We were. I was 14 or so. That makes sense. When yeah. Ace Ventura came out, mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ! That pretty was much m- every fucking teenager at that time was just Dude. fucking obsessed. And yeah, I, I'm a little older than my brother, and he was really popular on In Living Color. And a lot of my friends fell in love with him. He was the only white guy on the show. He stuck out a little bit, <laughs> and he was the funniest thing we've ever seen. So different. His comedy was just like a Robin Williams, but a little different. He was like a cartoon. He, he was like a cartoon. And that was one of the things that he was great at, was kind of like distorting his face. Yeah. He does some great impressions of, I thought, my personal favorite is James Dean. I think he yeah. fucking nails yes. James Dean. The face is perfect. Uh, he's a very talented man. We can't wait to talk about him. So here we go. We're going to start off. Of course, at the beginning, <clears throat> his childhood. Uh, do you have when he was born? I, I do. Didn't. Okay, when was he born? He's born January 17th, 1962. And he so. shares a birthday with somebody that he will portray <clears throat> late on in his life. Who's so, that? Andy Kaufman. Yeah, isn't that fucking weird? I didn't they know that. The same birthday. Not the same year, <laughs> Not, no. obviously, but uh, they share the same, same birthday. So, yeah. I thought that was very interesting. I didn't know that until I did the research, and I was like, you wow, did, huh? I, knew, I didn't know that. I knew that back when, uh, when the movie came out. the time, he did okay. Man so, on the Moon. Okay, so you knew about that? Mm-hmm. Weird, I thought. So, so yeah, okay. so he's currently 56 years old. 56? Crazy. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you think he about just, that. He doesn't, I don't know, I guess he doesn't look like he's 56, but. I think what he does. Else? You do? Mm-hmm. I think he looks pretty good for his age. There was a... I mean, he's, like you said, hmm. and like I said, he's like a cartoon. He's been fucking right. manipulating his face so much, so of course yeah. there's going to be that aging. Oh, of course. But, uh, anywho, he was born in New Market, Ontario, Canada. Okay. To, uh, his mom was Kathleen, his father Percy, and he's the youngest of four. So he has, what, three older sisters? Or does he have a brother? He has a brother, too. He does. And I think three other sisters. Okay. Because I've seen documentaries and there was just one sister that would talk. It doesn't seem like the rest of his uh, siblings. I don't know just if they... Just like, leave me out of this. I know, right? Um, I think because he was so popular, uh, that status, 
they may have just been like, eh. <laughs> it's not for them. It's not. Well, and for some people, obviously. it's not. Uh, yeah. Where, on the other hand, I felt that his parents really enjoyed his success, <laughs> especially his father. Yeah. Why? Well, his dad was uh, a jazz musician. and Saxophone. I believe. Yes. Yes. Saxophone. And I don't know if you know this, but I think the oldest daughter got sick. Okay. And he had to sell his saxophone in order to pay for the hospital mm, bills. Man. Oh, see. Uh, so after that, he then got a job as an accountant, safe job. Right. Pay the bills. Right. So he kind of left that dream of his, of, you know. Being an entertainer, because he was a yeah. funny guy. That's something you right. should know about Percy. Um a lot like Jim. That's where Jim gets his stuff, okay? Uh, his father, Percy, was uh, funny. Uh, I guess Jim said that he would go to parties, and he would be the life of the party, telling jokes, cracking everybody up, peeing their pants. That was his dad. And Jim felt that him becoming an accountant, like you said, he kind of settled. He did. He had to, because he had a family. He had to put that aside, and he placed all his love of entertainment into his son. Uh, he... I don't know. He really did try to uh, live through uh, Jim's success in being funny, uh, molding him. He was like his little self, in a way. I, I thought. I, I don't know. Am I right? Yeah, yeah they, that could be. That could be it. Okay. Um, I'm sure they had that connection, big time. Yeah, I, I believe. So that. I don't know. I don't know if his father kind of molded it or. or it was like a project or anything like that. I, I kind of saw it. I, I think, think it was. The way I took it, he, Jim Carrey was born as an entertainer. Mm, he said that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even as a kid, he just always felt compelled to entertain. Yeah. He felt it necessary to make his parents happy. Yes. They didn't have the best life, no. obviously. His father sold a saxophone to pay for bills. And do you want to get into the significant part of his life when he was 13, 14? Or should we talk about uh, some other things first? Do you have any other notes not, about... Not really, but I, I mean, either. you know, I think it is important to know early in his childhood mm-hmm. that he felt compelled to kind of make his mom happy. She kind of, from the way he described it, she had a lot of issues. I think she was addicted to painkillers. Uh, I think so. She had yes. a lot of problems. She was always sick. Yeah. Yeah. And unhappy in a sense. So, so sad. It was like his job to bring his mom's spirits right. up. He he says that he wanted them to feel like he was important, like he mattered. Them she, having her. Oh her, wait, oh Jim mattered. Is yeah, what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. Like okay. them having Jim meant something. Interesting. I like that. I have at the age of eight. He was already showing talents of making faces at eight, and I told Dave at the age of ten. He wrote into the Carol Burnett show. He loved the Carol Burnett show, wanted to be on the show. I guess they would be open to new talent. But a 10-year-old, that's a stretch. Mm -hmm. So he wrote in anyway and, of course, was denied. They sent him a cute little letter and everything. He worshipped that letter. I think he says that he wished he would have kept it. I don't think he kept it. Uh, But he did have it for a long time. He would bring it out and look at it. (laughs) I could see that. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. He was very proud of it. And he said in the letter that he had 120 characters already at the age of 10 in his back pocket. That is simply incredible. It's crazy. So from an early age, like Dave said, uh, he was getting himself ready. Like, this is what he was going to do. He think, I think he knew yeah. it back then. Yeah, I do too. 
He was giving an interview with his very first acting job. And they interviewed him and said, what's it like being there here in show business? And how is it affecting you? And he said, not that much. I've been doing this since I was a little boy. Yeah. I've been preparing myself so much that I'm not really, I, I feel like I'm a veteran. Mm. So it goes to show his maturity level and how he was ready to be a big star. Um, but I want to touch upon his struggles as a child. Uh, at the age of 14, his dad lost his job. He was an accountant. And uh, he couldn't find work. And they were homeless. They lost their house. The whole family had to get jobs. Yeah. Uh, they all worked together at a, a tire factory. That's right. They, they were, were janitors. Like janitors. And he also said security guards. I think... The dad was a security guard. I know that. <clears throat> okay. And the kids and the mom, they would clean the factory. Yeah. He, Carrie even said in an interview, he's like, you know, he'd go to work for eight hours after school and scrubbing pubic hair off of urinals. He was in bad, a bad way. Yeah. The whole family, they were just, you know, obviously just very angry time. They, Completely embarrassed at the fact that, uh, I guess Jim Carrey was a straight A student. In school, when this happened, his grades plummeted. He became depressed. Okay, you had to imagine this kid going to school and coming home. He's not out playing. He's got to go fucking work, like you said, scrub pubic hairs off of urinals. That was what he had to do. That's rough. That would put a big dent into your psyche, and that's what sort of made him maybe more want to go out and do something in the world and to be happy he's like fuck this i'm never gonna have a job like this this is bullshit so it maybe gave him a little bit more drive to go out and become uh, a success in comedy the guy was a fucking funny guy all right so i also want to point out that they were so hard up and no place to stay they live in a van after because they left the factory they were so miserable they fucking quit and they're like you know what i'd rather live in a van then work at this place. So that's what they did. They even set up tents in their sister's backyard, I heard. Yeah. What the <laughs> fuck? Jim Carrey's sister, I think. Yeah. She was older. She was older and they, they she had a in, house. Yeah, living on her in her yard. What, in tents. It's pretty bad. So, wow. <laughs> so at, this happened at 14 years old. At 15, that's when he, he and his dad... His dad took him down to Yuck Yucks. Yuck Yucks. A comedy. Place in comedy, Toronto, yeah. I think. I think it's near Toronto. Yeah. It was called Yuck Yucks. Him and his and dad, right? They got a routine together. Yeah. <laughs> his dad helped him with the material. And mm-hmm. 15 years old, his mom dressed him up in some polyester suit. It was yellow. He said that she's like, oh, all the comedians are wearing this or well, whatnot. It, I think she also it, felt, too, he would stand out maybe. Maybe. In a bright yellow suit. But he did not do well. No. He bombed. He bombed. The owner of the place, I guess he announced the acts. And while Jim was giving his little act, he would actually say stuff like, boring. Yeah. Can yeah. you imagine? What a fucking asshole. I know. He's 15. Dude, that, I give that him a lot of props. Fuck yeah, I do. At 15 years old. That takes a lot there. of balls to go. Do you know how fucking hard it is to be a stand-up comedian? Yeah. Number one. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's hard enough to get yourself up there. That's the first step. Yeah, just getting I mean, on stage in front of the mic. Being confident enough to do that. Dave, you did that a few times. Yeah. You did a really good job, terrifying. by the way. You know, getting the material together, being confident with it, and then getting up there. Because uh, when you did your act, you were. I thought you did a great job. 
How long ago was that? Um, that was when we first like, moved back. Yeah, it was maybe like a couple two, years. Two thousand two. Okay. Yeah, I was like twenty two or something. It, you were up there for about ten minutes. Yeah, it was like through uh, the Beck Center. Yeah. here in the area. Not not easy. We I think we had to do like five ten minutes or something like that. It was like the longest five ten minutes. Like yeah, you have no idea how fast time goes or how slow time goes when yeah. you're trying to talk and it. Uh, but we had a lot of time to prepare. It was a nice yeah. venue of just, you know, all my friends and family were there. So it mm-hmm. wasn't exactly like a, a nightclub or anything. It was a pretty decent sized place. It, oh, it was huge. Yeah. Which was great, though, because it wasn't. It, it, the second time I did it was in a bar, and it was like, holy shit, these people aren't fucking here to. Like, <laughs> I opened listen for a, to me. For a band or something. And it was like, <laughs> oh, I, I cut it short, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And I never did it again because it's so hard. It and, is hard. But Jim Carrey at 15 bombed. It took him, I think, two more years. To two years. He was crushed back by it. at it. He was crushed, saddened by the fact he got booed off the stage. His dad. That's fucked up. It's, it's just fucked, it's up. fucked up. Let's bring it back to he's 15, man. That's 15. a rough crowd. That's a rough crowd. But I these mean, places God. are like that, though, man. You got to have a stomach for that. These stand up comedians, they get booed off the stage. And I get that. They're veterans that get booed off the stage. Yeah, that's they, true. They do. That's uh, true. So you got to have the stomach for it. He was young. His dad kept at him. Said, Jim, listen, not everybody is going to like your stuff, number one. Number two, you just started. Yeah. Let's do a new routine. We'll work on it. When you're comfortable, we'll go back there. It will show him. And guess what? He did. Two years later, he showed back up to Yuck Yucks with that fucking asshole owner and uh, did a great job. Same owner, huh? Same owner. And he he really did a great job. His routine grew. And he grabbed the attention of a few stars. One of them, Rodney Dangerfield. And is there any other notes about Yuck Yucks mm. before we talk about Dangerfield? No, I don't have anything. Dangerfield was very impressed with Mr. Carey. Uh, the big reason why is because Jim perfected his impressions. Uh, When he started out, that's what he concentrated on. He was great at impressions. Not only his voice, but his face. He looked like these people. That can't be easy. Right. We're talking about hours upon hours in front of a mirror. And that's what he did. He even said he spent more time in the mirror than anything else. He perfected his craft. Dangerfield said, Jim, I got some shows lined up in Las Vegas. Would you come open for me? Of course I will. So that's what he did. And he also opened for, was it Buddy Hackett? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Buddy, Buddy Hackett. Hackett. So and He's like, what, 17 or something? At he was time. young. 17, 18 years old. Yeah. I mean, think about that. When you were 17, 18, he was opening up for Rodney Dangerfield. That's pretty huge. In Vegas. So he was, okay, Canadian, right? Now he was in America doing his thing, doing it well, and decided to go ahead and move. To Los Angeles at the age of 19. And I talked to Dave about this. He got work pretty quick. Yeah. And yeah. He, he did well right away at the uh, comedy store. Yeah. Which is kind of, that's a big, that's not that's a big deal. Yeah. That's kind of the place. And uh, then he got work at um, uh, that show, the Duck Factory. Yeah. Uh, go, he was that's doing a lot 80, of. St- that's 81. 81. But he was doing a lot of this stand up, like we said. That was his main thing. Was stand-up. Yeah. That was it. Um, So being a comedian was something that he was good at, yes. But he was getting tired of it. When you're doing impressions day after day after day, it gets a little boring, and you want to start doing something else. And when he got the Duck Factory, it was a sitcom. 
on NBC. And uh, him getting that job was like, I get to do something new. He was really excited about it. But there was one problem. He was playing a straight man. And I think that was a bad choice by the executives because Jim was a very outgoing guy. I saw clips of him backstage at this Duck Factory thing, and he was just being an idiot. You know Jim Carrey. He was cutting everybody up, having a blast. That's what he was good at. He wasn't ready for these straight-laced characters just yet. Yeah, they didn't use him to his ability. Exactly. And that's what they said. Like, uh, critics said that, what are they doing having to play (laughs) a straight guy? Yeah. The guy's fucking hilarious. The show lasted like eight weeks. Done. Um, And during this time, getting this job, he had his parents move in with him. Yeah, he... He wanted to uh, support him. Yeah. So he asked them to move out there to L.A., move it into his house, and wanted to take care of them. And the weird thing is, is they did. They moved to Los Angeles. They said, okay, Jim, we'll come live with you. And his mom was all sick still. Like you said, always sick. And him getting the show is canceled. There's no more paychecks coming in. He started to struggle. And the mom has all these bills and they had to move back to Canada. He's like, I'm, I can't support you anymore. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was also he couldn't handle it. I had to. He, from what I gathered in interviews, he just, you know, he needed his own space. He wanted to be that son who's just like, oh, I'm gonna take care of you, yeah. like Elvis did with his mother. Right. Um. He, but he couldn't do it. He was just like, I was losing my mind. He said like, I had dreams of strangling my mother. He's, Did he really? Yeah, was, I didn't read about that. So he, mm. <laughs> they moved back to Canada, but he did still support them. Okay. Like he would throw money their yeah. way. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I didn't know yeah. that either. Wow. So yeah. Uh, and I think it was a good idea that parents went back to Canada because he was able to sort of just be himself and concentrate on his craft. Um, now, after the Duck Factory, what do you have? <clears throat> well, he did some stuff. There was a TV movie called Rubber Face. Okay, yeah, I saw that. Um, but the next thing I have is 1983, he did All in Good Taste. 84, he did Finders Keepers. Uh, okay, oh, I now, actually have Duck Factory's 84, is that right? Yeah, the, the Duck was 84. Fa- yeah, the Duck Factory was his first big one. The other ones were sort of the small. Yeah. In the Duck Factory, he actually had a decent role. Yeah, he was like the lead, wasn't he? One of them. I also have an interesting note about that show, and I don't okay. know if you saw this. Now, this is the Duck Factory still? The Duck Factory. Okay. Do you know it. who co-stars in that? Um, no. Who? Jay Tarsus. No! Teen Wolf. No! Get the hell out of here. Okay, now, if you listen to our uh, <laughs> other episode, it was what, the top 20 it, comedy... Best... Supporting. Best small roles yeah. in, in, yeah. in comedies. Jay Tarsus comes up in another episode. I, I almost shit myself when I was looking through, because I thought I looked at his IMDb, and it, I don't remember is, seeing yeah. that. But when I looked up Duck Factory and I saw his name, I shit he myself. He worked with Jay Tarsus. He's on his way. Obviously, he was going Clearly in the right on places. His way, he probably learned a lot of stuff from him. <laughs> uh, Jay Tarsus, by the way, is the coach in the movie Teen Wolf with Michael J. Fox. And Jeff and I absolutely love his oh, performance yeah. in this movie, which is a very small role, but it's, it's worth watching. I love that coach. What a great role. Jay Tarsus comes up in a Jim Carrey episode. Love it. This is going to be a great episode. I can feel it. All right. Okay, so... <clears throat> but then after that, I have yeah. in 1985, his first big role... In 85? You no. know, Once Bitten. Yes. I watch it every now and then. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix and stuff. You can find it. It's there. I know when this came out, 
It was on HBO, I think, all the time. It was. And I remember watching it all. I mean, I was probably maybe around six years old when it was yeah. finally on HBO. I used to watch it all the time. And it came out in 85, so yeah. It's probably... I mean, I watched it a lot. And I still enjoy it. I mean, the movie itself is... Well, it's it's a vampire movie. Uh, Lauren Hutton plays a sexy vampire. Right. And he's a virgin. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he did an okay job. Yeah, I, I kind of... I like the movie. Um... I thought that, you know, he's a, he plays a teenager, you know, I'm sure he wasn't, he was in his early twenties, but he looked young. He looked young enough. He pulled it off. Um, cause yeah, I have Michael J. Fox was the first choice to play Mark. Right. Okay. Right. And the producers really didn't want him, I guess. They didn't think he could be a lead role or yeah. a movie. Yeah. Fucking idiots. Cause I mean, shortly after that, he did Back to the Future. And Teen Wolf. Yeah, man. He really lucked out then. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 1985, Once Bitten. If you've never seen it, go on Netflix or whatever, your provider. It's probably there. I, I suggest you watch it. You see a young Jim Carrey star in a movie. That was his. That was a starring role. His big first bad. one. Yeah, 1985. Um, he returned to stand-up after this, I think, because he had a two-year break at that point. Because he was doing movies and shows. And he was away from stand-up for two years and decided that it's time to go back. He did different material, uh, less impressions, and more improv, which is something else that he's fucking great at. Look at his interviews. They're out there, folks. Oh, yeah. Watch one of them. He is like Robin Williams. He takes over the interview. And that's a good point because maybe we can – I guess we might as well mention that. But yeah, when go for he it. Got when he started getting big, there was that comparison between he's like a mix of Jerry Lewis and Robin mm-hmm. Williams. Yeah, he gets compared to Jerry Lewis a lot, I noticed, and Robin Williams. So that's a good point. Um, yeah, because, you know, when he's giving interviews, take notice. When, like, David Letterman, Jade Leno, whoever he's with, they try to ask him a question. He cuts him off almost every <laughs> time. He's got to be the center. Uh, is that sort of like a insecurity that he has? Uh, if we're going to dive a little deep into his uh, being, I don't so know. To speak? Um, and I've seen a lot of his interviews. Yes, I don't. I think he's just entertaining. Okay, and he's that's just, where he's okay. a lot like Robin Williams. He's just up there being a character for the most part. Uh, he's but, performing. Yeah. Okay. He's there to entertain. Okay. You know. He has a, a skit or something in his mind mm-hmm. he wants to, because he seems prepared. Yes. Every time. I think he knows exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. It's for, like a little for show. For the most part. It is. Where most actors and things, they come on there, they're themselves. Yeah. And they talk about the movie and how their yeah. kids are doing. And it's usually pretty damn boring. With Jim Carrey, never, ever boring. You never know what you're going to get. Never. <laughs> <laughs> but we're getting a little off track. Yeah, we, we yeah. are, but that might happen a little bit. We may go yeah. back and forth and into the future a little bit. Go okay. Um, back to the future. His act would be up and down, I have. Uh, I guess he would sometimes go up there on stage with no material at all. Mm-hmm. He would just go up there. Which is funny because it contradicts what we just said. But, <laughs> about but, uh, how, right. When he does an interview, he's like prepared with something right, weird. But, but when he did stand-up, yeah. sometimes he would just be like, I have no fucking clue what I'm going to do. That's unbelievable. And, and other comedians are like, dude, what are you doing? Well, you're ruining yourself up there. That's what Nick Cage was. He said, I guess Nick Cage and him became friends later on. 
Well, uh, they did Peggy Sue Got Married. And that's coming up in a little bit. That's his next movie I have. Yeah. Okay? I guess him and Nick are pretty good friends. And Nick was just floored that he would go up there with nothing. Mm-hmm. And he would sometimes fail. He would fail. He would lay on the ground and act like a cockroach. He would actually slip in between the stage and some other, I don't know, like a, uh, I don't know, a prop. And he would lay in between and see if he could get inside and disappear on the stage. He was doing all kinds of weird shit, just trying new things because he could. He was bored. He I would, think he yeah. would be bored. He's just like... Would he get bored? M- maybe that's it. I'm Okay. I, I'm kind of speculating, but that seems to be... It seems to be possible. Like, he gets know. bored with stuff, I think. I think so, too. He gets easily bored. Yeah. He needs something different. Um, I have here, he would collaborate with Judd Apatow. Okay, they met each other at this time. And they would get together and do skits together, things like that. And uh, he would practice his characters like Fire Marshal Bill was born on stage at this time. That was not invented in The Living Color. That famous, you know, Fire Marshal Bill. And uh, he would meet actress Melissa Walmart. Is that her last name? Walmart? Uh, no, no, Walmer. Walmer? W O M E R. Okay, I, I wrote that wrong. Okay. Walmart? I have Walmart. <laughs> Not Walmart. Okay. But oh, no. Her name's Melissa. And they yeah. met at this time. Yeah, she was uh she was also an, a struggling actress. Yeah. She did a little bit of uh Writing and I think a little bit of stand up, and she was a waitress okay. yeah. at the comedy store. Oh, okay. They married in '87. Yeah. Had a daughter, Jane, the same year. The, um, this is where I have, you know, they got married in March of '87, and they, mm-hmm. they had Jane <laughs> six months later. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. thought I'd point that out. Interesting. <clears throat> Which, uh, just real quick, Jane apparently was on the 2012 contest. She was a contestant on American Idol. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, she's got a band. I think it's called the Jane Carey so Band. So she has a band? Yeah. Oh, nice. And bad job by me. I didn't, I wanted to see what yeah, the band was like. And I, I forgot. Didn't know. I, I, you didn't I listen didn't to a, it? I didn't get a chance to listen. Yeah. So, well, I'm sure they're great. Anyways, <laughs> this is a truth. Jim Carrey is an amazing father. That goes a long way with me. In my episodes, I like to point that out. These uh, stars, it's hard enough to be a father. Uh, He takes great pride in being a father. And a lot of people have said that he is a good dad. And I like that. That's awesome. It goes a long way with me. Yeah. As far as a person is concerned, he really does care for his kids. Well, I mean, he was really close with his dad and he had that connection. So I'm sure he wanted to kind of do the same. Love that. Probably wasn't too difficult for him. I do. You know? um, and uh, the next movie I want to discuss is Peggy Sue Got Married in 1986. I just watched it last week again. I've you seen did? It. Yeah. Yeah, I did. It was on, uh, I think it was on Stars or something like that. I saw it. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's great. Francis Ford Coppola directed it, and it stars Nicolas Cage. Kathleen um, Turner. Oh, uh, yeah. Kathleen Turner is so hot in that movie. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's so sad what happened to her. <clears throat> Man, she had like day. Ba- bad back pain, and she took like all kinds of medications, and oh. she looks like a man now. She was so hot back then. She really was. And a really good movie. What What do you feel about this movie? Well, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Okay, but so. your memory of it. It's, it's bizarre. A, it's a time travel yeah, movie. It, Nick Cage is so weird in this movie. 
Yeah. He's weird anyway. He changed his voice for the movie. It's a hell a of really a... really weird decision. Hell of a choice. People yeah. were not happy about it. Okay? It's, and uh, other... Work. Other, uh, like Kathleen Turner would go up to Coppola, be like, uh, did you approve this? Because he sounds like an idiot. <laughs> and Coppola's like, just try to do the best you can. Use what you're feeling, maybe, and put it into the scene. So that's what she would do. And yeah, like you said... Cage, he's a different kind of guy. An artist, I would say. Yeah. And, you know, I, I liked Nick Cage's performance, but Jim Carrey actually is in more of it than I thought. He plays one of his friends. Mm-hmm. Like, he sings with them on stage. He acts like a goofball. His character's a goofball. Great choice. And he did a fine job. Yeah. I thought his acting was fine. It's a really good movie. Peggy Sue got married. And I want to see if I have any other notes here. Um, do-do... Oh, Nick Cage changes voice. Strange. I got that. And that's it. Uh, a note is that Coppola and Cage are related. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Coppola is Nick's his real name. It's Coppola, mm-hmm. not Cage. Uh, he changed his name, I don't know, to sound cooler, maybe? No, actually, uh, I had upon my research, yeah. I, I had read an interview with Nick Cage. <clears throat> he When he did... Um, uh, fast, fast Times fast at times. Ridgemont High. He got a lot of shit from all the other co-stars because he was a Coppola. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, he, you know, I mean, they fucking harassed and hounded the shit out of him. To because the point where that, he's like, that's it. I'm, I'm changing my name. Changing my name. And the next movie he did, he was Nick Cage and everyone, no one knew, you know. I can't remember who the actress was, but she didn't know he was a Coppola. And yeah. he's like, and he felt free and he's like, you could see it in my performance. I just, you know, from there on, it's, yeah, he he didn't feel like he had anything to prove, and I like it. I do. I, I like it too. He, I really do. He didn't want he didn't want to become famous because of his name. Yeah, I mean, I that think too. that's great. I do. Uh, good for him, and I'm a big Nick Cage fan. A lot of people aren't. I am, and we'll discuss <laughs> him. I'm go- I'm looking forward to doing an episode on Nick Cage. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, he's got a lot of talent. Not recently, uh, but. He has some done some great work. Next picture I want to talk about with Jim Carrey is The Deadpool in 1988. Why? Because it's directed, I'm sorry, not. It uh, stars Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood loved Jim Carrey's work in the past. Stand up. He does a great Eastwood impression. Yeah. People say, like, that's like their favorite of him is doing Eastwood. And Eastwood ate it up. He thought he did a great job with him impersonating him. Felt he was very talented and had him play in this movie very small role. Very tiny. Yes. He plays like a rock star? Rock star who's all strung out on drugs or something. Yeah. And then gets uh, shot. Yeah, he gets killed like right in the beginning of the movie, right? (coughs) Yeah, it's right at the beginning. It's a Dirty Harry movie. Like the Mm -hmm. last one, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Eastwood was impressed with the audition tapes that Carrie sent in. And uh, imitating him and things like that. And Clint also had him in Pink Cadillac doing his Elvis impression. So, simply stated, Clint likes Jim, period. <laughs> and I think that's noteworthy because Clint Eastwood is yeah, on another level. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty awesome. And, you know, he, you see talent, and he saw Jim Carrey, and he felt that he was very talented, and that's noteworthy. Earth Girls Are Easy, 1988. Good this is a God. classic. This is a horrible movie. <laughs> To say the least. Silly. <laughs> cool cast, though. I mean, Oh, that cast is great. You know, Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, Damon Wayans. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, and this is where he meets Damon Wayans, and later that's on, a big deal. They'll, they'll work again together. That's why this movie's significant because he's yeah. introduced to it's Damon the only reason. and his brother Keenan. I is it Keenan? I have his name here. Keenan Ivory Williams. Yeah, Keenan. Yeah, I think it's Ivory because he was the producer of In Living Color. Yeah, he he was the Lauren Michaels of In Living Color, and that's. Uh, why I'm gonna go ahead and just dive into it. In living color is what I have next. Is that what you have he, next? Pretty much, but okay. I think something significant around this time in '88, okay. '90, around in living color. This is when Jim Carrey writes a check to himself for oh, ten million dollars. This is good. It's for acting acting services rendered by Thanksgiving 1995, <laughs> and this is a little piece of paper that he kept in his wallet this whole time, and. You know, he's str- he's getting work, but he's, you know, he hasn't really made it. He's just, He's you know, doing well. He's doing well, but he wanted to be a big star. So oh, yeah. he would he would drive up to Mahalan Drive. Yeah. And envision just look at the the city mm-hmm. and just envision being this big star. And he this is something that we should probably talk about. Okay. Because he's really in you know, his whole life he was very into visualizing and in in uh, learning more about himself, self annihil and um, analyzing himself. Yeah, he did a lot of that. He he's done this his whole life, and this visualizing being a big star. Um, he would see it. He would see it. He like he yeah. wouldn't leave the top of Mulholland Drive until, until he, he believed it. Exactly. Oh man, that's and powerful. So, and it and it was because he would come down the hill and he felt positive, felt good, confident, confident. And that is, uh, that's half the battle. And it really is because, you know, if you're a struggling artist out there of any kind, man, it's easy to be negative. It's easy to let the business ruin you Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of rejection, a lot of bad stuff going on in the business. And it's very easy to slip into that. You got to be confident in yourself. And I think that's what a great point, Dave, he would drive up there and he wouldn't leave until he believed it. I'm going to be a big fucking star. I'm going to make it fucking happen. And that's what he did. That check, $10 million he wrote. Put it in his pocket, kept there, until he was making $10 million a movie and more. I mean, he did it. He yeah. fulfilled his dream. And we'll definitely get to that point, but it's very significant that, that he, he did that. He did that. He had to be in the right frame of mind to gain success. And I love that he cashed that check. He fucking cashed it. That and a lot more. Ten million dollars. <laughs> so, wow. It, so we jump into In Living Color. Woo! Which is fucking great. I mean, wow. it, we grew up at the best time, man. Like, we really did, color, man. I was about, about ten years old. Mm. You, you were probably I was a young teenager. School, oh, yeah, man. You know, freshman year. No, we uh, would get. I would get together with Dave Lobus and all them. Oh, Dave Lobus loves Jim Carrey, by the way. Big and time. So does my other buddy Bob Marar. He acts just like him. We idolized this guy. We would go over to Dave's house on Sunday night. We all go over there and sit our asses down to watch Jim Carrey every Sunday. We go not over forget his house. The rest of that cast was pretty fucking. Oh, awesome Damon Wayans, I think, is so underrated. Dave, I love that no, guy. You know who's even more? David Allen Greer. Oh, yeah. He was good, Dude, too. Dude, I was hoping for a lot more. I, I don't know how he didn't get... He, yeah, he really, really didn't. didn't do a whole lot. Nah, he shined on that show, and that was about it. He did some movies, but I felt... Uh, I thought he was hilarious. He was funny as hell. Good point, Dave. I, I forget about him because he didn't do anything after that. 
<laughs> he really Tom, didn't. Tommy Davidson. Yeah, he did some stuff. He stayed up for a bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, little guy. This was, you know, something completely different from oh, SNL. Yeah, it, it had its own feel to it. It, it was, did. It was great. These whole new characters. They made fun of anything and everything. That's what Keenan wanted to do. No boundaries. They made fun of everybody, and it worked so well. And Jim Carrey, I mean, <clears throat> his characters he created. Uh, the Fire Marshal Bill is probably the most popular one, but he had mm. other ones. Remember when he was like the bodybuilder? Yes, I was just gonna say. <laughs> he, would, he had his hair pulled back yeah, into like a little, little. Well, no, there was like two. Oh pigtails. yeah, pigtails. I mean, that it, string bikini. Oh my god! And this is where you know we never saw something like no. this guy before. He was so all over the place with his impressions and all oh, these different man. characters. You're just like, is this guy human? What it, is this? It was really weird too. When you'd watch him on that show, you're like, this guy's gonna be fucking big. You just knew it. Yeah, you're right, man. You knew that guy <laughs> was gonna do something else it, eventually. And we we might as well get into. Might as well. 1994. Yes. The year of Jim Carrey. Oh, God. You got that right. I mean, you talk about somebody just exploding off the map. I mean, yeah, he was popular on In Living Color, but that was a smaller audience. You got young teenagers watching that show. You don't have, the, you know, older people watching that show. Maybe some. But that was a show primarily focused upon younger the young kids, and, yeah, it was. So when, oh boy, when you saw commercials or you know the ads come out with Ace Ventura, you're like, oh my god, this guy's gonna movie. Oh, he's gonna be in a movie. He's gonna be a movie. Fire Marshal Bill's in a movie. I remember just talking to our cousins ah. about like, can't wait to see it. Oh, dude, it was a big fucking. Deal. And man, did it not disappoint? I literally <laughs> fell out of my fucking chair. Me too, with laughter. It, I laughed the whole time. <laughs> and like I said, we just never seen anything close to this. Nothing. Nothing. And doing a movie like this is a risk because you could fall flat on your face. But Jim Carrey, no way. We all knew that he was going to be good. Yeah, he he took that risk. The, uh, the movie, initially, this movie had a different feel to it. Apparently, Ace Ventura was more of like kind of a loser type. Yeah. And Jim's like, no, he didn't like the original script. He hated it. So he would, you know, after In Living Color filming. Yeah. All night, he'd work right. on that script. He is credited as a writer, a screenwriter for this movie. Mm-hmm. He rewrote that damn thing. Yeah. Thank God. Because I'm sure he did a lot of improv, too. Okay. Do you think? Okay. The whole fucking thing is pretty much improv. He had a base of a, a script in front of him, but, I mean, a loosely based script. He went off. He did his improv. He, the first character in film history to talk out of their ass... He actually talked out of his ass. Do you know where the, where that stemmed from? No. <laughs> um, it was during um, maybe like a, a, a read-through or just like a, when they would sit around in a living color bouncing yeah. ideas off each other. Keenan Ivory Williams wasn't taking him seriously with some of the skits and things that Jim Carrey wanted to do. Yeah. So Jim Carrey turned around and started talking out of his ass. That's okay. I read that. Okay. Apparently, what I hear, Keenan didn't really like that no, too much. No, he didn't. He they, didn't, they didn't get along a lot, I heard. Oh, really? They did not. Yeah, they I fought a lot. Creative differences. It's going to happen. Yeah. Jim Carrey's got his way of doing things. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't his show. It wasn't. It, exactly. And Keenan's like, whoa, buddy, hold on. My show. Mm-hmm. I tell you what to do. You don't tell me what to do. Yeah. But Jim would do this later on in his work. I think he's kind of hard to work with. Well, we'll get into I that. Uh, I think he is. 
Uh, I think he is. I can agree with you. If you're not, if you're not with him, look out. Yeah. If you're not with him, you're if, against with, him. If you're with him, you're, you're going to have a blast and you're just going to go just fine. Yeah. And that's Finn. If that anyone heard, that's the doggy. <laughs> Some jingle, jingle. It's Christmas time. Christmas time. Jingle bells. He's um, wearing jingle bells. Yeah. But I mean, uh, Ace Ventura was just a landmark film, a comedy uh, in film history. Um, most of the world has seen it. It. Uh, I don't have the exact amount of how much it made, but it made a lot. It, it did. Oh yeah, it did well. Um, uh, I, I have the the director Tom Shadiak. Yeah. Uh, this is his first directing film. Yeah, that's right. And when he got done watching it, he's like, he was a little worried it was going to yeah. end his career. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, what the fuck have I done? What did I this do? This is my first movie. Got guys talking out of their ass saying, <laughs> all righty then. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, <laughs> he's like, like, what am I doing? Um, but he was way wrong. Way yeah. Wrong. Um, I want to go ahead and point this out, that Jim Carrey based his character off of a parrot. And if you take notice... He walks like a parrot. Yeah. Okay. His mannerisms with his neck, the way he jerks it around like a bird, and what he wore. He looked like a fucking parrot. Yeah. Bright colors. Hawaiian shirt. And when he sat down and had a dinner with Anthony Hopkins, later on, they talked about that. And Anthony Hopkins is like, that's awesome. Yeah. He based his character on, a, I think, a reptile. So they shared that same, how they went around to do their character, and they had sort of that thing that they can identify it, with. Brando acted like a tiger when he did yeah, Streetcar Named that's Desire. that's right. Using that animal instinct to mm-hmm. help your performance. He was very into that. A lot of preparing, making sure that he was going to do something different, and it worked because I didn't know that, and when I watch it next, I'm going to take notice of that. Yeah. He was a parrot. That's what he based it on. I thought that was noteworthy. Anything else about Ace before we move on? No. No, just that it was uh, uh, groundbreaking. Yeah. Is the best you way to put it. You got that fucking right. God bless America. He's a big star now, Dave. So, yeah. <laughs> After this, you know, uh, you know, that was released in February of 94. Yeah. In July of 94, The Mask oh, yeah. is released. Now, I really, as far as acting goes i liked his performance as an actor it's good in the mask he's all back and he's back and forth yes he gets to play around and be the goofy as the mask but he's he's kind of the straight guy i love stanley Stanley i love stanley yeah i did he's a likable character he played stanley very well i thought so too um his salary for this was four hundred and fifty thousand dollars and a nice bargain considering what he's going to make in the future. Um, Kerry is really singing. Not dubbed in this movie. I want to point this out. Jim Carrey can sing. He's got a good voice. I'll even go further and say that I think he's got a Broadway voice. He's that yeah. good. Yeah. He can stand can on stage that. on Broadway and do a musical mm-hmm. and pull it off. He's that good. This is a talented man. Big time. Uh, not uh, You look at his overall picture. Of what he can do. He could do a lot. He could bring a lot to the table. Yeah. As an artist. And <clears throat> he could dance too. He could yeah, he danced very well in that movie yeah. with uh what's her name? Cameron, Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Her, her first movie. Her first movie. And uh wanted to point that out. Tremendous singing voice, very talented, and the film was huge. First one to gross over one hundred million dollars. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> 
So, I mean, The Mask, as far as The Mask goes, it's a silly movie. It's a cartoon movie. It fit very well into who he was. Um, and he was starting to become picky with what he was going to do next because he's on a roll here. You got The Mask, Ace Ventura, yeah. and then he, he <clears throat> dives into another project. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, sky's the limit at this point. Uh, and before we get into Dumb and Dumber, yeah, September 13th, 1994, Carrie's father passes away. Yeah, yeah, and that's a big deal. This is a big deal for Jim. Yeah. Because uh, he just started getting the success. Yeah. I think his father finally, you know, he was there to at least witness his, yeah. his son make Yeah, it. because his mom passed in 91, so she really didn't get to see the big no, success. He just started on In Living Color, yeah. so it was on TV. So she, Which is good. You know, he's obviously making it. But his dad saw him blow up. Yeah. Which was good. And uh, maybe hung on for a little bit longer than maybe he would have. But he got to see his son become a big star. And when his father passed, he placed that $10 million check in his father's coat. No way. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. So that check is with his father. Yes. Wow. Hmm. And, you know, one other note that... What he learned from his father is that there's no harm in asking from what... Hold on. There's no harm in asking for what you want from the universe rather than settling for a life less than one's dream. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what uh, Jim kind of based his success on was the fact that he wanted to be happy with what he was doing in life. Yeah. You know, making people laugh was something he was great at and to able to make money and to make a living. Being funny and being in the entertainment field... And he was doing it. So he made his father proud. I'm sure the rest of his family was very proud of him. And his dad was a big part of that success. And he was a lot like his dad. And his dad got to, I think, sort of live through that with his son. For sure. Absolutely. For sure. Good point, Dave. Now moving on to uh, one of the funniest movies (laughs) I've ever seen. (laughs) Never gets tiring. His third big hit of 94. It went boom, boom, boom. Just couldn't stop him. All these movies came out in 94. How the fuck did he do that? Yeah, man. I've never seen anything like that. I, The guy was busy, that's for sure. Dumb and Dumber, 1994. The only movie that I remember watching with like a, a group of friends because we just couldn't wait to see it. And I think the main thing about this movie that I scratched <clears throat> my head about when I first sat down to watch it was Jeff Daniels. It's a big part of it. Yeah. I, I was like, what the fuck is this? Jeff Daniels is no comedic actor. And uh, nobody wanted him to do this. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Except it, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. It, it, Jeff Daniels, his agents called him the day before he had to go to get fitted for yeah. his costume. They called it like, listen, don't do this. Don't do it. Please don't do it. And he's like, fuck <laughs> you, I'm doing it. Um... They thought it would ruin his career. Yeah. You know, he was a serious actor. Like, don't, please don't do this. And uh, they had other actors they wanted. They wanted Jim Carrey to be alongside another comedian. That just made it, sense. It, it does. But, but, Jim Carrey wanted Jeff Daniels. Pulled for him. Said, I'm not doing it without him. When Jeff Daniels came in and read with Jim Carrey, it worked. Jim knew it. He wanted a real actor. Right. That's what I have here, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he wanted a real actor. He wanted that and stability to work off of somebody that knew what the fuck they were doing. 
Uh, and I didn't realize it until maybe my second or third viewing of this movie that Jeff Daniels is actually pretty funny in this movie. Absolutely. And that's why it worked. He was, I don't know, man, the haircut and everything. It was so yeah. different. I mean, I don't know. What else do you want to say about Dumb and Dumber? I mean, because um, there could be a lot we could talk about with this one. No, that's that's, that's pretty much all I have. Um, I have the same stuff. Okay. Um, the original script was written by John Hughes. I thought that was oh. interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, Carrie, at the time they were shooting this film, wanted to stay at the Stanley Hotel. Do you know about this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now, if you don't know, the Stanley Hotel is like this big hotel. It's rumored to be haunted. And he wanted to stay in room, what room was it? 217? Yeah, 217. I guess that room's haunted, folks. He stayed in that room. How long did he last, Dave? One night. I, he lasted two hours. Oh, he two ran hours. out of there in the middle of the night and never explained why he left. Doesn't want to talk about it. God, I'd love to know. Me too. Like, what the hell happened? Now, he goes in there with, like, this thought, like, okay, this place is haunted. This is going to be awesome. And now when you're in that frame of mind, the, every little thing you hear, like, your mind does things to you, I think. I, I do, too. Anytime I'm done watching a horror movie oh, based, yeah. based on ghosts, for, for sure. Oh, yeah. I For two days, I think my house is haunted. Yeah. I'm just, like, every noise, I'm like, that's a ghost. Yeah. So I bet you he just worked himself up. Probably. You know, and probably heard like a crackle in the background <clears throat> and left. But I thought that was a nice little note there. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, 1994, and uh, yeah, back to back to back hits. He is now like, I, you can't get any bigger. No. <clears throat> you can't. And he was I, the biggest star. And Dumb and Dumber, he made $20 million, I think. Is that true? Um... Let me check. Okay. I think I have this down. He was seven. Oh, seven he million. made seven. Okay. That comes later, I guess. It does come later. Okay. Um, and before we move on from Dumb and Dumber, the ending is fascinating. When they get, yeah. they don't get on the bus. <clears throat> they wanted them to get on the bus. And he said they would not get on the bus. I want them. Every time I see that movie, I want them to get on the bus. They deserve the to be on that bus. the is that way. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jim's like that. He's like, I'm not gonna do one fucking shot of us getting on that bus. It ain't happening. The town is that way. <laughs> when they're on that fucking moped, Dave. No. When the snot is frozen oh to their face. My God. There's Dave. a lot of parts. Let's just be honest. With oh, yourself. they're driving in the dead of winter in Aspen on that fucking <laughs> moped. We're there. We're there. And he's got to piss. <coughs> just go, man. Oh, it's warm. I love it. Dude, there's some great stuff. Great scenes in that movie. It, uh, we could talk about it. For- the, the only other thing is not really significant to the actual movie, but this is when he meets Lauren Holly. Mm-hmm. And this kind of ends his relationship with his wife. Now, do you think he was cheating on her? I don't know about that. Okay. I don't know about that. But after Did- seven years of marriage with Melissa Walmart. Uh-huh. Not Walmart? Not Walmart. Walmart. <laughs> Melissa Walmart. I swear to God, that's what they said. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Dick. But yeah, seven years they were married. And uh, yeah, they came to an end after this movie. Yeah. Yeah. He met Lauren Holly and hey. She's hot. She is. She's pretty hot. Ginger. Is she ginger? Um, She had red hair in that movie. She did. And she also did in the Matt Dillon, uh, Timothy Hutton movie. Oh, Beautiful Um, Girls. Yeah. She was hot in that one too. She had red hair. But anyways, yeah, yeah anyways. they got together. <clears throat> I think they were together for a while. Not long. 
No. They, got, they got married and it lasted less than a year. Oh, yeah, that's pretty solid. <laughs> good, des- good decision there. Okay, I think Batman Forever is the next of note. Yeah, that'd be 95. The Riddler. He plays the Riddler. Everyone thought it was going to Robin Williams. Right. Uh, but, uh, I mean, who's who better to play the Riddler than Jim Carrey? I thought it was a perfect choice. It was. Too bad the movie was... Bad? Bad. I don't want to say bad. It just didn't it, hold up. Like the original and the... It had such a different, eh. different feel to it from the other two with Michael Keaton. Now, uh, my memory is escaping me. <clears throat> who's the... Who else is in that? Is that Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee Jones plays Two-Face. Okay. Val Kilmer plays Batman. Ah, the worst Batman character. Uh, um, actor. Val Kilmer. I don't know. George Clooney. George Clooney is a close second. Pretty bad. I just... Whatever. Anyways, I don't want to get too much into that. The Riddler, okay. Got it. The movie, <laughs> eh. eh, eh. The, his relationship with Tommy Lee Jones, though, is something to talk about. Yeah, you mentioned they didn't get along. No. Now, I what mean, happened there? Well... Come on. It's Tommy Lee Jones. Is he kind of like a working stick with, in the mud? I don't know about that, but <laughs> okay. with, if you're working with Jim Carrey, who's yeah. completely fucking crazy. It could be trying on anybody. He did not really care for working with Jim Carrey. <laughs> and at one point... Yeah. What happened? <laughs> there, I think this was like during filming, you know... Uh, no, I'm sorry. During the filming of it, but like they... Jim Carrey went out to eat. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Lee Jones was there okay. at a table. All right. So some obviously. restaurant, okay. And um, <laughs> he went over to say hi. He's like, Tommy, how you doing? <laughs> and the way Jim Carrey explains it, he's like, the blood just drained from his face. <laughs> he's like, he got up shaking. What? And he's just like, he must have been in mid-kill-me fantasy or something like that. And he Whoa. went to hug him, and Tommy Lee's like, I hate you. I really don't like you. Wow, what a dick. <laughs> he's like, what's the problem? And he pulled up a chair, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which he's like, probably wasn't smart. And he said, I cannot sanction your buffo- buffoonery. Buffoonery? <laughs> I mean, okay, Jim Carrey's hard to work with on set. Why do you have to be an asshole offset? Probably because you know he's I mean? been dealing with him all yeah. day for months or whatever. Okay. And then he's like out trying to relax on the <laughs> night. And he's there. You know, don't, is there that one person, maybe you're just like, man, I don't like that guy. I just don't want to deal you know, with him. Maybe you're not a dick to him. You're just like, I don't, I yeah, just don't like him. Then you see him on your day off or something, and you're, you're, when you're trying to relax, you're just like, oh, God, there's that guy. Okay, uh, all right. I mean, hey. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is Tommy Lee Jones, okay? And uh, Jim Carrey's Jim Carrey. They don't, oil and water, you can okay. say that. And there you go. But Jim fucking with them a little bit. That's what Jim does. He'll fuck with you. I'm sorry, Tommy Lee. All right, so Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, bad uh, sequel. You Really? Uh, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was hilarious. And he has some moments that are pretty funny. I laugh out loud. But it's not like Ace Ventura, the first one. How many no, are? No, but man, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. I did. I liked it. And he didn't want to do that movie. Mm. I mean, he felt like he was doing an impression of Ace Ventura. Yeah, it kind of came through that way. I just... Right. Eh, it's not one I'm going to pop in. I'll be honest with you. I'd pop it in. Yeah, you pop it in? Yep. Uh, hey uh. I'd pop in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pop in this one, The Cable Guy. Is that... One, yeah. One of my favorite Jim Carrey movies, if not maybe top three. Wow. 
I think that he gives one of his best performances in this movie. Very underrated. It's a gem. I absolutely adore it. Directed by Ben Stiller. Mm -hmm. Another genius. Do you have a... What do you think about his performance? Oh, it's great. Okay. Yeah. It's a darker kind of role. Oh, yeah. And you see um, his acting uh, sort of spread in this movie, I thought. He gives moments that are quite genuine. Uh, His improv skills show through in his work. And you get little moments where you're like, hmm, I like that. And as an actor, when I study roles, I go watch his performance in this. And and just, I nod. And I go, yeah. I like it. (laughs) I like it a lot. And uh, Matthew Broderick is completely miscast oh, in this terrible. movie. He is so bad in this. You agree with me on that? Yeah. Okay. I thought he was awful. He almost ruined. He kind of ruins the movie. He almost like he walked through. Oh, absolutely. This movie, like he didn't give a shit about it. What the fuck? It could have been much better if they had someone else other than Matthew Broderick. Um, it would have been better. I think. Right. It would have been I, a lot better. I love the movie, but man, there's something about Broderick, and I like Broderick. I don't like him in this. I know you're not a big Broderick fan. I don't think you oh, are. Besides Ferris, you know, Ferris and Biloxi Blues, Be- I think that's about it. And I also didn't like the love interest of him too. I think her name. What's her name? Oh, I don't know. I have it written down here. I didn't like her either. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I put Broderick was miscast. I didn't like his love interest either, Leslie Mann. <clears throat> I don't oh, like her. Uh, I like her. I don't. Really? No, I think she's funny. Um, Andy Dick was funny in his small role. Yeah, and I hate him. I like him. I think he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. He's annoying. The role was written for Chris Farley. Yeah. No, no, I didn't know that. he passed away. Jim Carrey is not athletic, they said. He can barely dribble a basketball. Yeah. Funny. I'm not surprised (laughs) for some reason. He doesn't look like the type to like sports or anything. Am I right? Yeah, I kind of get that. No, he doesn't give a shit about sports at all. $20 $20 million paycheck was on this one. Yes. Ridiculous. Yes. $20 million. Now, he'll go on to say later on that that looks like a big number, but after they take out, like, percentages oh, and taxes, sure. he said it's, it's around <clears throat> six. Still a lot of money. No shit. Yeah, that's something. Wow. That's a lot they take out, man. All right. Next up, Liar, Liar. And uh, I don't know. I... I like the movie. His performance, overacting his ass off. <clears throat> I'm getting tired of watching that overacting. Uh, I know that's Jim Carrey, but it wears on me sometimes. And when I watch this movie, I just see him overact his ass off. Yeah, he uh, does. And that's, at times it could be a little much, but yeah. for me, at, overall, I love this movie. Yeah. But this is probably the most over the top he is. Maybe yeah. next to Ace Ventura, yeah. that character. Yeah, yeah, uh, but he plays Probably more of a straight-laced guy. He plays a lawyer. Yeah. He could have brought it back a little, I think. It's such a, it's such a ridiculous premise, and he yeah. just took that and ran with it. Okay. You know, which I think it was appropriate, and yeah, I don't think it would have worked with anybody else. Yeah, you might be right. You know. Uh, I guess The Claw, The Claw, yeah. that was invented by his dad. Right. Okay, so that's a... Dad reference in the movie he used. Jennifer Tilly said she was honored to work with Jim Carrey in this movie. I like Jennifer Tilly. Uh, 
I just do. Yeah. She's, uh, I, I think she's a, a really nice actress, and she did a, a really nice job in this movie. Liar, Liar, another <clears> big hit. I don't know if it was as big as some of the other ones in the past, but it did well at the box office. Any other notes on Liar, Liar? Um, Carrie Elwells, yeah. whatever his fucking name is. I, I don't know how to say his last no name. One no one does. Ewells? Elways? I have no Elways? idea. I don't know. I, I like him as an actor, and... Boy, was he, what does Jim Carrey call him, Magoo? He's a little Magoo. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He <laughs> did well. Such a dork. <laughs> yeah. But people still come up to him today. Yeah. And they're like, do the claw. The claw. <laughs> I want to see your claw. It's like a finger. <laughs> yeah, it's just a finger. <laughs> but, the, yeah, I had that just because I think it was funny. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we move on to uh, the Truman Show? No, well, uh, Truman Show, 1998. Jim Carrey wins Golden Globe Best Performance by an Actor for this performance. Deserved. Yeah. It's a great movie. It's an excellent movie. Directed by, by Peter Weir, mm-hmm. who did Dead Poets Society, Woo-hoo! Witness, Fearless. Yeah. Great movies. Uh, this is such a great premise for a movie. I think about this all the time. I did it just today. <laughs> when I go down this one street, I swear to God, there's a car that comes by when I make a turn every fucking time. And I think to myself, Truman Show. Really? There's people set up waiting for them to come by. How is that possible? That something like that happens every time. And that's what this movie's all about. He's this guy. His whole life is in front of the camera, but he doesn't know it. But he's catching on to it. Like, things happening, he's finally catching on. And he realizes that his life has been a fucking joke. When I mean, you think about this, it's a fucked up premise. But it it's is. genius. Because <clears throat> yeah, everybody is. feels that way. Like, I'm the only one that exists. Like, everybody else is a player. And, like, I'm the star. It's kind of a weird thing. Like, well, people it's an think actual, about that. It has been now, like, an actual syndrome. The mm-hmm. Truman Show syndrome. People believe they're on yeah. camera all the time. They do. Uh, at certain points in your life, you may be walking around and you feel like somebody's watching you. You get that eerie feeling like you're not mm, alone. No. And not Jim really. Carrey was never alone in this movie. <clears throat> Maybe when he slept, they turned off the, you know, like the broadcast. No, I don't think no? so. No, they watched it, it, ran, it ran 24 oh 7. Oh, God, man. That is so messed up. And I think about this too. Kind of weird. Like when he would jerk off, what would they do? Because you knew he well, would jerk off. If you remember that one, when they talked to like uh, you know the fans of the show, yeah, when there was the sex scene with him oh, and um, yeah. um, Laura, I can never remember her fucking Laura name. Linney. Laura Linney. Yeah, that's the second time on this podcast. I can't She's remember come her up and we're like, name. what the hell's her name? Laura um, Linney. Yeah. When they have sex, the they would you, the fans like, oh, they just always kind of pan out and you yeah. hear music or whatever. They show like the drapes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably what they did okay. when he masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> Play some nice, yeah, nice music. music. He's having a good time. Fucked up, man. And uh, Ed Harris, hello, brilliant. They I've, never act. They never saw each no, other. No, they never met during On set. Uh, <laughs> the movie. The filming. They never met. They never acted. Well, they did sort of, but I don't think they were face to face ever. It was only a voiceover. Yeah. Where he's, where Ed Harris finally talks to him. At the like, end, yeah. Where are you going? <laughs> you know, like, what are you doing? Yeah, oh, man. Oh, Ed Harris, I love you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We've mentioned before how we love Ed Harris, so. Okay, I have this quote. <clears throat> People on the set 
were forbidden to quote any lines from his previous silly movies. What the fuck is that? Think about that. The people on the set were forbidden to mention any movies in his past. Huh. Okay. What is that saying? P- Peter Weir made that point. Who made that point? I wonder. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I was. I, fig- I figure it was Peter Weir because hmm. he was the director. Or was it Jim Carrey? That, yeah, who knows? They obviously wanted to have a different... This is his first dramatic role. Right. So, obviously, maybe that was the drive behind it. It's like, let's forget that he talks out of his ass. And okay. He, okay. He, that could have been this the is reason a, this why. Is, this is a serious yeah. movie. We're not... Let's forget all that shit. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> no Dumb and the, Dumber okay. references. And right. Liar, the, liar. The way you explain it, it makes sense. When I first saw that quote, I thought my feeling was that Jim's like, okay, everybody, no talking about Ace Ventura, you know, Mm. we're not going there. But that might not be the case. It was just like an overall thing. Like, we're not talking about that. This is a serious movie. We're concentrating on this movie. No bullshit. And that I get. That could be it. And now, does he pull it off, Dave? Yes. Peel off the layers. Does Jim Carrey truly... Pull it off. To be a dramatic actor? Yes, in this movie. Um, I don't think it called for a dramatic role that I was hoping for. Okay. Um, but by design of how it was written and directed, yeah. Uh, yeah, he pulled it off. Okay. But I don't think it's any fault to his own that it didn't reach that level of drama. Yeah. That I was kind of hoping for. The most you get is at the very end when he figures it out and he's on that boat and he's yeah. kind of, he's really kind of losing it because he yeah. doesn't know what's going on and, you know, he hits that wall. It, that's yeah. kind of the only part you get with actual um, emotion. That, okay. That deeper emotion that I was looking for throughout the almost the whole film. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Um, because I'm on the fence, I think he did a fine job. I really do. Uh, and the, the movie itself is great. I think it's a great movie. A lot of people feel that this is his best movie, uh, favorite of Jim Carrey. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I can't fault anyone for that. I can't. And uh, nominated for a Golden Globe. He, he won it. Oh, he won it. He won the Golden Globe. You're right. I'm sorry. He, he won, won it. the Golden Globe. He was up against, like, De Niro. and It's yeah. pretty amazing. Uh, good for him. I'm not sure what he was up against as far as what De Niro was in. But... Uh, that's pretty. It's hmm. notable. He it's was impressive. not. He was not nominated for any Oscar. <clears throat> no. Mm. Mm. Interesting. All right, we're gonna move <laughs> on to the next one, man. This one's deep. This one's heavy. This will change his life. That's I right. think. No. This no, is he, when he changes. He even admits it. Okay. Oh, he does. He should. Pretty much. Man on the Moon, 1999. He portrays the comedic genius. Um, sort of. Uh, I want to say Misunderstood. Yes, yes, thank you. Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman is a legend in the business. People consider him a stand-up comedian. He's not. No. He's not. Entertainer. He's an entertainer. He's a performer. And I don't know if he truly knew who he was as a person. Maybe he did. I think he had a lot of issues. Um, But a different kind of character. Um, Not to cut you off. No, go. I'm done. Carrie stood uh, at Kaufman's gravesite with Kaufman's sister at one point. Okay. And his sister summed up Andy 
what Jim Carrey thinks is perfectly okay. as he was someone who didn't belong in a club in that he made up his own club that no one else could be a part of. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. He was just so different. He wanted the shock value. He wanted to, like, it was his game. He, he didn't want the initial laugh. <clears throat> it's like he wanted you to think about it a week later and be like, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, it was kind of a long con. Not right. like a, a short con where you go up there and you give him a laugh. It was more like he wanted you to think mm-hmm. about it. And Danny DeVito, who uh, starred with him in Taxi, said that you never truly knew who the real Andy Kaufman was. Was he acting? Was that really him? You never knew who the real Andy Kaufman was. I find that fascinating, and so did Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, before he did this movie, was a big fan of Kaufman (laughs) and was flattered that he was up for the role. A lot of people wanted to do this role a lot. Uh, I guess it was either going to be Jim Carrey or Edward Norton. Those were the Mm -hmm. two finalists. And Edward Norton, that's interesting how he would have done. He's fantastic. Yeah, I can't. It's, I find it hard to even imagine. No, it's hard to because Jim did so well. He be, <coughs> he became Andy Kaufman. He did. Yeah, he did. He went so deep. It's scary, and I think that he went so deep. He never came back. I don't think he came back. Not fully. Not fully. And that's dangerous. It's a dangerous place to be. You want to talk a little further about that? Well, I mean, it was that whole method acting. He yeah. was Andy the whole time. There was no... Yep. <clears throat> there's a new documentary on... Jim and Me? Jim and Andy, I think oh, it was Jim called. Oh, Jim and Andy, yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Did you see it? Uh, yeah. What did you think? Um, Bizarre. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more if it came out shortly after the movie. Okay. It came out years later. Yeah, it just came out recently. Yeah. Like a year or two ago. I think a year ago. And Jim was not in a good state at this time, in um, my opinion. He went so method that it's like he needed to consult with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. You know, like he went Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Like he needs to talk to those guys and be like, get me out of this. Because <laughs> he fell so deep into it uh, uh, that he, you know, um, R.E.M. had this song, Great Beyond, and they wanted yeah. him to be in it, and he had to turn it down because he's like, no, I can't. I'm so... Yeah. You know, I need to shed off Andy Kaufman. I, I can't do this anymore is what he was thinking. Pretty like, much. I'm done. Pretty much. Um, uh, at this point in his life, I think he comes off pompous. And you know what? That's going to happen. He's had so much success. He's had so much adulation. When people are calling you a genius every day, you're bound to get a big head. And I think this is what happened with Jim Carrey at this time in his life. His head got kind of <laughs> big. Uh, I mean, do you agree with me on that? I do. Okay. Uh, to a point, I do. Okay. <clears throat> he gained so much success, and he could do whatever he wanted. And it was this role that where he, he even says, and I think it's from, I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's from Jim and Andy, my bad, but he says, uh, this is his quote, it was about immersing myself in a character or a couple of characters so deeply that I realized that myself, Jim Carrey, was a character as well and something I could push aside at will. Yeah. So once you know that, you go, who am I? Yeah. And he said this just in 2017. Yeah, this is recent. I know. So. He lost you, himself. You, you know he did. And it's, I don't know, because we've never experienced that, you know. 
Yeah. You'd have to ask a Dustin Hoffman or a Daniel Day-Lewis who kind of go about that same approach. Yeah. You know, where Daniel Day was Lincoln the whole time. Right. Or whatever role he is. He becomes the character, too. Yeah. He's apparently able to strip that right. a lot easier than Jim Carrey did. It's like he went down a portal that he can't get himself out of. He almost. lost his identity, in a way. <clears throat> May- <sighs> we'll get into this later, Maybe, I think, yeah. at the end, because we're going to talk about other shit. Okay, with yeah. Jim. Uh, so let's just stay on Man, in, Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. Um, I want to point out that I love his portrayal and his dedication, but I'm not blown away. There are moments in the film I go, hmm, I didn't buy it 100%. I what, might be what, the only one. What parts? I, you know, I can't give you a specific part, but just little things that I see. I, You know, he did great. Oh, go... <coughs> I mean, that was not easy to do. And obviously, he gave it his all. But it's hard to nail a person. It's just he played a real person. You're not going to be exactly like them. It's just not going to happen. Okay? But overall, I mean, you got to give him props. He should have been nominated for this movie. He did. Once again, he won the Golden Golden Globe. Globe. But not an Oscar. Why? And I don't think he was nominated. He was not. He's never been nominated never, for an Oscar. Never. I'm kind of surprised he Me wasn't too. nominated. I. Anyways, moving on from that, he didn't get along with Jerry Lauer, the wrestler guy. Is it a wrestler? Uh, yeah, Jerry King, King. Yeah. The King Luller. Yeah. Um, he didn't get. They did not get along. Jim was a fucking asshole to him. I guess. <laughs> well, he played it as Andy Kaufman, right? And they did not get along. But this is where I don't know how much of this is real. Okay. When, we, when you start going down this road of like, when you see that documentary, yeah, everyone knows it's Jim Carrey being Andy Kaufman. Yeah, that's <clears> true. <throat> Maybe it was all just an act and, on both and, sides. On, a, on, I think it was just trying to reenact the spirit of Andy Kaufman. Okay. So when you know, and it's even in the movie, and when Jerry Lawler and Andy Kaufman they sit down with. Uh, is it DeVito? And, and he's like, I don't think you two should work together. Anymore. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true. They, it was an act. It was all an it act. It was all bullshit. Okay. So when you know that, and then you hear Lawler talking about Jim Carrey like that, how do you know that's fucking real? That could be an act too. They're it's all bullshit. They're, They're entertainers. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it's like, and that's where when you read up on this stuff, you don't know what's real and what's not. In my opinion, I think Jim Carrey was pissing him off. You I think, think so? he could do that. Yeah. yeah. If he's acting like Kaufman all the time, Lauer, he's not acting. He's just being himself. <clears throat> but he's a wrestler. What do they do? Yeah. They pretend. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so right. who knows yeah, what the you, truth is? You don't know. That's true. But in my opinion, that's I think. That's what makes it kind of fun. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, moving on from uh, Man on the Moon, I want to note me, myself, and Irene. I love that movie. Yeah. I do. I think it's great. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, he nailed that. Ron Howard film, yeah, I love that as well. We, we just watched it the other day. It's a Christmas movie. Um, the Majestic. Um, eh, not one of my favorites. What do you think of The Majestic? Dude, I saw that once. I remember right. not being very impressed. I was just I like... I don't remember it. Is it a one-timer? I, I Maybe I have to see it again because it's been so long. Yeah. I mean, what, they came out in 2001 or something? Okay. 
2002. I didn't have the year, but I don't have it either. Yeah, but, I uh, I would I wasn't impressed with that movie. It, it was, was kind of boring. boring. Yeah, it was yeah, boring. Boring. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Bruce Almighty. Good one. Yeah. Good one. Love it. Great message. Nice choice. Realize that Jim Carrey has been in some creative films, just different kind of films like this with Bruce Almighty with God and, and Morgan Freeman you know, is God. That's so fucking great. The premise is great. Uh, he does different kind of movies that make you think. I love that about a actor that makes choices on movies. I think he's very picky about what he does, and he can be. He's Jim Carrey. Yeah. He does what he wants. Yeah. Good choice here. The next one, even better. What's your next one? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. This is 2004, written by Charlie Kaufman. Yes. Who did Being John Malkovich, a dick, mm-hmm. uh, adaptation. I love him. Quite the mind on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he so. does. He thinks outside the box. And for me, this is his best movie. I agree. This is his best performance. Best performance. Yes. Best acting. As an actor... He gives, I saw him actually as that person, as a dramatic role. I got it. I, I believed him. Right. Kate Winslet in him had just tremendous chemistry. Tremendous. Kate Winslet is fantastic. Those two had better chemistry than DiCaprio and Winslet. I, I believe that. I believe that too. Um, they went somewhere and it worked. It's a beautiful movie. I've watched it several times. I recommend it highly. Yeah, I, I would like to think most people would put this as his best dramatic role yes. over Truman Show. It is. I would hope. I hope it's so. It's such a great movie. It's such oh. a it's a mindfuck, literally. It is. You know, it's a hell of a concept and another film with a great premise. Different. He, he, and Jim Carrey pulls it off. He did. Uh, the one movie where I can say, "Yup, did it, <laughs> nailed it." Yeah, nailed it. I can't wait for the next time he does that. Something like that. Yeah, because he could do it. The next one is uh, Fun with Dick and Jane. I watched uh, just the other day, kind of watching Carrie movies. I was laughing so hard. I, d- I, I love it. Uh, I thought he did a great job. It's comedy. And, of course, he <coughs> shines. And the premise is good, too. Another great premise movie. What do you think of this one? Have you seen it lately? Uh, I admit I have not seen this. Oh, you haven't seen it. There's Re- a, I recommend it. There's a series of movies here as I go down some of the work that I've I've just missed the boat on. Now, I, I said this is a comedy, but there's a point in this movie. They are broke. He got fired from his job. Well, the company just folds. And they just bought a new house. His wife just quit her job. And they're broke. And have been for months. And uh, his <clears throat> wife is laying on the bed, crying. No, she's lying in the bed, sleeping. And he's strung out, sad. He walks up to the bed, looks down on her. And he cried. A tear came down his face. And I got a glimpse. Yeah. And I love seeing stuff like that. That's no BS. An actor doing his thing. Just wanted to point that out. And the number 23 was awful. Have you seen it? I haven't. And I tried Don't. to. Uh, Don't. Really? Because I heard there's some good reviews on it. Really? Yeah. yeah I don't think so. So, all right. I don't recommend I, it. I will watch it eventually. <laughs> so, I'll let you know what I think. Um, what's the next one you got? <clears throat> I have in 2008, he did Horton Hears a Who. <clears throat> okay, uh, I think I've seen it, but I don't remember it. Really? Uh-uh. I have it. What, what's it, it, is it a, um... It's an animated, Okay, um, it's animated. So he just does you know, the voice? Doc, Dr. Seuss. Okay. I love it. It's a great movie. So it's not like The Grinch? It's just No, it's, a, it's an animated okay. movie. It's The Elephant. 
Okay. I love this movie. I think it's okay. It's yeah. I'll have to watch it. It's great. Okay. I have I love you, Philip Morris. It was uh, bad. I didn't I, see that either. I was not impressed with Jim Carrey's acting. I was impressed with you and McGregor. He's the love interest. He's gay. So these two are, you know, getting it on. With the relationship. And the relationship itself was okay, but Jim Carrey was off, I felt. A lot of people loved it. I didn't. Hmm. Okay. I would recommend you watching it just to see what you think about it. Okay. But overall, watch something else. <laughs> Even worse is the next one I have. What do you have after uh, anything else? I have Yes Man. Okay, that was all right. It was okay. Yeah. It was okay. I watched it. I enjoyed it. All right. Anything else? Um, the Office. The Office. When Steve Carell left. He was on there? He was on there as the boss for a few episodes. I have not really? seen it. Okay. Um, have not seen all of The Office yet. I bet you'd be pretty good on that show. Probably. Oh, yeah. But... Uh, I can't really talk of that. I have my next one, Dark Crimes. What year is that? It was pretty recent. It was a couple of years ago. Okay. I want to say 2015. It was so bad, I was on my phone most of the time. <laughs> it's horrible, it's disturbing, and horrible. I said horrible twice because it's that bad. That's pretty bad. Okay. It's, it's about, like, this sex ring, like, perverted... Uh, it takes place in Poland. He plays a Polish cop. He has the accent and everything. It's so horrible, Dave. Bad. It's a complete dramatic role, and he fails. Miserably. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend you watching it just to see if you can get through it, Dave. Well, you sold me on it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I don't know which one to watch first. The number 23? This is my or... review. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about his girlfriend's suicide. I have that next. And you want to talk about this? I'll let you uh, go ahead. I'll <clears throat> let you know if I have anything to okay. contribute. She was an Irish, um, <clears throat> like a makeup artist. They started dating... 2012. In 2012, and uh, it was a rocky relationship. Mind you, this lady, she was kind of depressed. She had that in her past. <clears throat> and I think it was... She got married? To some other guy. Well, she's from Ireland, yeah. so she married this guy for the visa. Oh, okay. They weren't in love or anything. That's not okay. the way I took it. She committed suicide. Uh, she left a note. And uh, from what I get, she was hung up on Carrie. Big time. Yeah. And played a major role in her death. Yeah. How big, I don't know. They, well, they were on again, off again. It was... <clears throat> One of those relationships. Yeah. And they they broke up in September of 2015, and then three days later, on September 28th, she committed suicide, overdosing on prescription pills. Pills that were his, by the way. They were his? Yes. He mm. gave her the pills. A, a, a depressed woman uh, doesn't need extra pills. Why he would give her pills... Maybe to ease her pain and make her feel better. I get that. But that's a bad move by Jim Carrey. After her death, uh, her family and the husband were blaming Carrey for the death, being a big part of it, and sued him for it. They say that uh, he gave her three different STDs. Did you read out of that? Yeah, but uh, 
they did not find any evidence that that was true. Okay. They found that she had STDs before she even was with Jim. Uh, and Jim Carrey would be involved with a woman that has three STDs? That makes no sense to me. Well, you could Explain be. that to me. Well, I don't know. Oh, she doesn't tell him? Um, so Jim now has three STDs because of this. From her. Possible. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. So you're telling me it's not the other way around? What are the chances, if you're to make a bet in Vegas, that some, and she was much younger, by the way. Yeah. Much younger. Yeah, she was. She was in her 20s. He was in his 50s. Which one's going to have STDs, Dave? I'm just saying by chance. Mm. A 25-year-old woman from Ireland, <clears throat> a makeup artist, or a 55-year-old actor who's been around the block a few times? I put my money, I'm not saying it's true. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying it's true. He did date Jenny McCarthy. Ah, uh, yeah, he did. And who knows? I mean, maybe she didn't have it. I'm not. Oh no! no, I don't no, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> she's really attractive. I'm sure she's seen a lot of dick. I'm just speculating. <laughs> so I am very, very yeah. eh, about this situation because right around this time, Jim Carrey is like he's off. And you want to get into this now? Is there any other things that you want to talk about? Like um, his movies, performances? Because we'll, we'll talk about the latest thing he's doing. Yeah, the TV because show we could talk about later. But, it does um, pertain to sort of what's going on in this guy's head. Yeah. Because there's a lot. Um, <clears throat> all right. What was your question? <laughs> well, my question is, do you want to talk about how he's changed what his beliefs are. Well, that's a good question of what his beliefs are. What do you think his beliefs are? Well, uh, and like we mentioned earlier, he's been very sp spiritual his whole life. Mm -hmm. um, not to be confused with being religious, because he, I think he he believes in faith and stuff like that, and not so much of like um, religions, so to speak. Okay. I I think I think he's he's just kind of uh Do you think he's slowly breaking down? No. I do. And it will pertain to his latest work. That show, did you you watch that yeah. the first episode? What'd you think? <clears throat> he he's pretty good. He's okay. he's pretty good in it. And we're talking about it's called Kidding. Yeah. Okay, this sitcom just came out on Showtime. Right. Um, it's dark. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dark. It's uh, his child dies in a car accident, and he's sort of dealing with the fact that his child is gone. He plays like a Mr. Rogers type character. Mm -hmm. You know, like creepy. No offense to Mr. Rogers, but he, Mr. Rogers was kind of like a kind of a creepy guy. You could look at it like being creepy, but... Our mom would say she really didn't like us watching no. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. She didn't. But he appealed to kids, and that's what this character does. Mm. He appeals to kids. He's kind of creepy. Uh, Jim's getting creepy, Dave. Come on. Admit it. The guy's talking in interviews like he doesn't fucking exist. That and doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't think it's supposed to because he, well, please explain it. <laughs> and this goes back to his whole Kaufman thing. He's constantly performing and doing weird shit for the sake of doing it. 
it, it also brings back to how Robin Williams is when he does interviews. He's constantly, you know, you'd see him go off the fucking deep end all the time because that's what they do. They entertain. So you're saying it's an act. Yeah. You're saying it's an act. A lot of it, I think, is an act. Bullshit. I don't believe that at all. Well, I uh, really. Uh, I, I, I'm a li- that's why I said when we before we even started this, <clears throat> I am a little torn of how I feel about what's been going on recently with him. So you can see both sides? Absolutely. Yeah. Because he could be losing it, like you say. Mm-hmm. But uh, a lot of it, you know, you see some of these interviews and that one in particular. Um, what was it? With the E, uh, yeah. e News reporter outside oh. of the... It's the Harper's Bazaar Party. It was Bazaar. so weird. <clears throat> I mean, it, she's so uncomfortable during the whole thing. And that was his intent. That uh, was the whole point. It was, um, yeah, and he says in, later on. in quotes here, d- during this interview, Okay. Um, there's no meaning to any of this. So I wanted to find the most meaningless thing that I could come to and join, and here I am. I mean, you got to admit, it's pretty meaningless. And I think that's great because it is. Do you know what? It's fucking dumb. He's basically making a mockery of the whole event and just, it, he's, he likes he's to breaking, stir the, yeah, yeah, he's stirring up the shit pot. Dude, how many interviews has that guy done? A billion? I get that. And that point I get, but I also have seen interviews with him when he did the Jim and Andy thing. He did, gave interviews afterwards, okay, with <clears throat> two producers. Right. They're sitting Next to him. He's in the middle, and he's talking about the, the fact that he doesn't exist and mm-hmm. how he got so deep. It's a creepy interview. The it two is. guys next to him, they're so uncomfortable. Like, they're nodding, like, weird and creepy. I'm sorry. There is something weird and creepy going on. And he w- when he was doing that interview, it wasn't like that red carpet thing you were talking about. No, I He know. was serious. Yeah. He fucking believes this shit. It's yeah. no, that might have been an act, but he truly believes it. That's where I, I'm, like I said, it's hard to one. It's hard to believe one thing or the other for me. I don't know if it's an act, or if he really believes that. I think that he's gone through a lot with this journey he's been on, uh, and especially that suicide. I think if it is true, I mean, he may be off the deep end because of that suicide. That would definitely fuck with anybody. In the fact that he had a big part. In her death, does he feel responsible for her death? He might. Uh, denying all the things that the parents have brought up about the STDs, <clears throat> like giving her the pills, and I guess they also said that he abused her. That I don't, uh, I don't believe. I think they may have embellished that. She might have embellished that to get back at him in her way. Yeah. Um, I don't see him as that, but I see him as a little disturbed in a way. He just can't <clears throat> deal with it. This thing going on, like his identity that happened on Man on the Moon, stripped away. And he's been battling that for a long time. And this this sitcom he's doing, kidding, I think he's trying to build up like some kind of image that he's like this nice guy. And I think he is a nice guy, but not all the time. I think he's got some demons. Hmm. I really do. I love his work. He is a brilliant man, the f- one of the funniest people to walk on this planet. 
entertainment yeah, he's up there. Okay. Yeah, in our opinion, anyway. Okay. Would you put him up with... I'm trying to think of... what Robin Williams. You, I would put on a <clears> bar, <throat> your ranking, Robin is way up there. And Jim Carrey is too. Among all time. Well, that's a matter of like who you think is funnier. Okay. Where I don't think Robin Williams is all that funny. Okay. I... Don't get me wrong, he he was funny, but he was also way too much for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Up, yeah. Like it's like slow down, hold up, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, like um, it's a trip. Where Carrie could be like that too, um, but I don't think it was as I don't think it's as bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. If we're gonna rank fucking funny people, that could that yeah, could take, that could take a while. That could take ten hours. But I I don't want to come off that. I don't like Jim Carrey because that's not the case. I'm just concerned. I am. <laughs> it concerns me that he's kind of gone off the deep end and he's losing his mind. I believe he is. Hmm. Uh, some people just say he's, they call it, he's awake, they say. He's, he's enlightened. He's enlightened. What the <clears throat> hell does that mean? I don't know. He's in like like he knows he, something we don't. Come well, on. Yeah, that that could be that kind of bothers me too. It bothers me. Um, he's always been someone who has self-analyzed himself, and I think probably too much. Yeah. Uh, I think doing that is really good. Um, in a way, I've done it a lot in my life, and maybe at, at times in my life, I probably did it too much. Uh huh. And I think he's doing it way too much. Like, stop. Too much. Yeah. Could be bad for you. I hope because you're he, gonna get too deep into it, and if that's like all you think about, like yeah. stop. Yeah, he's he. I think he said he has a, like this uh, shrine that he goes to, like on his property. It's like a Buddhist thing. <clears throat> he goes out there, he meditates, mm-hmm. like he goes deep in himself, mm-hmm. and he's been doing this for a while, a long time, his whole life, really. When you go that deep, I think sometimes you, uh, I don't know, you go places. It can be dangerous. I I, I agree, I agree. Um, I don't know. I I kind of I wanted your opinion on this because I know you're very you are very you see both sides very well. I tend to go on one side. <laughs> I it's, yeah, it's stick, yeah. You know, stick your ground there. Yeah, I I do. And I'd like to make a firm opinion on something and I'm doing this yeah. in this episode because I feel that he is going to places and this whole enlightened thing like he knows secrets we don't. I just don't buy it. It's his place in the world. It's his reality, his truth. And look at the way he looks sometimes. He looks sick sometimes. Um, that that Jim and Andy thing, during that time, he was very thin. Did you see that? Yeah. He, he yep. looked sick. Kind of. Yeah. He's battling shit. Do you think he's taking, like, painkillers and stuff? No. In fact, I have a... There's a quote here just from last year that... <clears throat> he says, I have no depression in my life whatsoever. Okay. I don't have meds. I don't have supplements. I don't have anything. He's like, I've got a couple of fish oils a, a day, and the rest of it is just good diet and a little bit of exercise and understanding that I don't exist. <laughs> that last part there, it's a little Dave, weird. What, the, what yeah, does that I, mean? I don't know, man. <clears throat> what does he say when he says, I don't exist? Or we don't exist. Yeah, I think he's. I think he really is taking a, the approach of like the big picture of how it does. You don't. You're. We're not really here. Is the way he sees it. I don't understand. I, I don't know if he th- he thinks we're living in a dreamland. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure what he's saying is bullshit or not. Yeah, right. That, that's another aspect that I've taken of just like, he might be just fucking with us. Now, the, is he pulling a Kaufman? Yes. That's that's where I come down to the conclusion of yes. He's going there, is what you're Why saying. Why not? Interesting. Um, <laughs> if, that's the, if that's the case, Dave, that's incredible. Because I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I do, man. You said he wanted to separate his character away from... Uh, Kaufman after the movie but he's doing this that makes no sense then he's still playing the game no I, uh-uh he's off his fucking nut this guy he's off his nut I might be wrong and you know what I hope I'm wrong because this guy can go on he's what 56 yeah he can go on for 25 more years giving us great work I mean, I don't know. This sitcom could be a hit. It could be a great show. I don't think he really cares about that. Cares about what? It being a big hit. Uh, I think he's at the point of his career where he's just going to do whatever he wants. Wait a minute. No, no, wait a minute. You told me he's an attention hog. And I, and I think that. Especially with his art. Of you course. hate his art. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about that. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> you know, um, I think it was about a year ago that he had this like short video um, called I Need More Color. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? No. Oh, you haven't? No. It's Wait, I did. It's... I'm sorry. I did. You I'm don't sorry. know if you're coming or going. I do so much research. <laughs> I know. I know. I did watch that, but it was a while ago. Yeah. When it came it, out. It came out about a year. Yeah. Probably a year ago. I didn't see it recently. Yeah. The um, art, whatever. But it was, it was pretty cool, you know, because yeah. uh, up to that point, I, you know, he, he hadn't done a whole lot. He did some movies I really hadn't seen. Uh-huh. Um... And I was like, cool, he's doing art. Why not? Right. I know that he has always been interested in art and doing sculptures. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, But this video showed him doing stuff, uh, a whole bunch of work. Oh, there was shit everywhere. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) just mass production of shit. Um, And some of it was shit. But there was some actual, like, there's some good stuff. I was like, okay, that's, that's not bad. There's one of, like, a heart where it's kind of, like, evaporating or something like that okay or flying flying or something and i was like okay the, okay so some of it was good you know okay this is pretty you know some of this is actually pretty good yes um and then uh you know shortly after that there's a whole bunch of his work coming out very political cartoony stuff like trump stuff too doesn't he oh of course of course of course so <laughs> You know, he's a big-time Democrat, liberal. Yeah, big-time. So, obviously, he's not happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so, he's making a lot of political art yeah. on that. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't yeah, care about that, that. That's his opinion. That's cool. The, my problem with it is, is that it looks like it takes him, like, an hour or two to yeah. do it. Yeah. And I have a problem with that. <laughs> you know, I... <sighs> he's mass-producing art. Right. Yeah. In... You know, you take the name out of those art those art pieces. Mm. You take Jim Carrey's name out of there, and you put my name in there. Guess what? Ten people are going to look at it and not give a shit, right? Because and it's I have him. a problem with yeah. all the attention he's getting for this artwork that looks like no yeah. offense, but a middle schooler probably could have done that. Uh, and that's a that's where I'm like, okay, I did see you do some pretty good work. Why don't you like, actually spend time yeah. and produce something good? Right. And someone like me would be like, hey, man. That's great. That's, that's Got it. you know. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, he's an artist. He's going to be dabbling and shit, doing 
what, like you said, things that'll take an hour, but hopefully he takes time and does something really great. And I'm sure he does. I Nick Cage said that. Well, he didn't say. <clears throat> I saw him take out uh, a sculpture that Carrie made for him, a self-portrait of Nick Cage. This thing was like I don't know, like a, I would say maybe a, a foot, and it was a decent size. It looked just like him. Oh Nick yeah. Cage. Very nice. So you know he's got a lot of stuff inside. Artistically, the guy's amazing. Is there any other notes that you have about Mr. Carey? <clears throat> oh, wait a minute. Dave, oh. this is kind of a big deal. I think it is. Okay. The Emma Stone message. Did you fucking see this? I don't think so. Oh, my God. When we're done, watch it. Okay. It's about two minutes long, and he's talking to Emma Stone. It's just him in front of the camera. Professing his love for her. It's creepy. When did he do this? Oh, my God. Uh, no, nah, I don't know. Probably about five years ago. Okay. Oh, my God. Watch it. He, he tells her that he loves her and that if there wasn't an age gap, he would take care of her. You would love me. And then he ends it by saying, I love you. And his lips tremble. I mean, it's really out there. What? It is out there. And it's really creepy, Dave. What is he doing? Okay. I it, I just... I, that's where I still bring it back. To he's just <laughs> fucking with people. Obviously. I, that's all I can say. Well, that, yeah. He, but it's creepy. He find, He's finding ways to be entertaining, to entertain himself. That's another thing. He, he, you know, I think it's a lot of that. Oh, boy. Anything, I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off there. I wanted um, to mention that before I forgot. And this kind of piggybacks to what we're talking about now, but back in around 2001 or so, he was promoting The Majestic, and he was on the mm. Charlie Rose show. Yeah. And he did an interview with him, and he mentions in, in quotes, he's like, if because he's talking about how <clears throat> he's doing a dramatic role. Yeah. And how if this doesn't work out, you know, taking this turn, you know. Yeah. And he's like, if this other side of me is not popular one with the, the scheme of things as far as movie tickets go, then I'll find another way of sneaking it in there. I'll show myself. I'll find a way. Even if I'm not as popular, I'll, he'll live in that area. He'll expand himself. Okay. And this is something he said back in 01 or okay. so. Okay. All right. So he's always had this mind frame of like, he's going to continue to do different things. And it's, I don't think he cares if people like it or not. He's going to find a way to express himself however he wants. And he doesn't care what people think? Mm, I disagree. See, I, I, I think he's no. full of shit. <clears throat> because <laughs> when, he's, uh, when he was starting to do this political artwork, his agents are like, you may not want to do that because it may lose some fans. And he was just like, then lose them. Whoa. Well, that's a political thing. If you're on a stance, you don't like my position, fuck you. I get that. If he loses a few fans, okay, I get that. But when he does performances, yeah, I think he cares if people like him or not. Think about it. But the, here's the thing. He's already accomplished everything he had to. He did yeah. that back in 94. <clears throat> that doesn't matter. <clears throat> I think it does, man. Yeah? Hmm. He, he's, he's already accomplished everything he wanted to. So what's left? Uh, there's always more. For an artist? But in different areas, and that's what he's talking about. 
Okay. He's not talking about redoing and, and having another Ace Ventura right. moment. Well, I get that. He's talking about new different things that he wants hmm. to do. Okay. Okay. But he's going to want people to like it. And people do, man. He's still yeah. popular. Yeah. There's a lot saying. of people that don't like him. I just don't like that. Oh, I'm going to do this, and if they don't like it, oh, whatever. Eh. I yeah, don't buy that. It, I think to a point, though, I think he's on that, that okay. plane. Hmm. Why not? Oh, obviously. Okay. Look what he's doing. Oh, that kidding you're talking about? Well, that show or part, something else? <clears throat> no, I'm talking about these interviews he's given oh, where he okay. says it doesn't exist and his artwork. He's doing stuff because that's how he wants to express himself and he doesn't care if okay. he's bothering people with it. <laughs> he's obviously not. No, I, I think you're right on that point. He doesn't care about that. You're right. If people don't like him or not, I don't think he cares. With that, I'm talking about his performances. Oh. He's going to want to care. If somebody doesn't like his performance. Well, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Okay, so we were talking, talking about, about two separate things. Yeah. Okay. Sorry about the confusion in the <laughs> actor's room. You'll, you'll have that. You'll have that time. from time to time. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Don't want it to be two hours. And uh, I'm trying to see with my notes if there's anything else I wanted to point out. Uh, he gave a great first Tonight Show appearance when he came on Johnny Carson, did impressions. Loved it. And Johnny gave him the okay sign and winked at him. Take a seat. Very important. Jim Carrey is a fascinating guy. Obviously. Especially recently. We'll take what he gives us, process it. (laughs) It's to be be continued. Oh, it sure is. Because you don't know what's going to happen next. And I can't wait. It's going to be entertaining, right? It definitely will be. I think I want to watch this kidding show. I do. I was intrigued. It was a lot better than I was thinking it yeah. would be because I didn't hear a whole lot about it. No. But uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm I intrigued. Thought, thought he gave a really good performance. Not just bad. The, just the one episode that I saw. It wasn't bad. Let's just put it this way. I want to see the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that's saying something right there. It's dark. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's different. So maybe, just maybe, Mr. Carey... We'll start doing some different things. This is a start. And I hope he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he's just fine. Uh, Financially. Financially. (laughs) I I think, you know, if he's, you know, recently said he's not depressed anymore and he's really happy. He's not on medication. That's a good Uh, thing. It sounds like someone in a good place. Okay. So maybe he's breaking some boundaries on that aspect of his life. I think so. I sure hope he is. He's a fascinating guy to talk about. It was great to talk about him with you. In the actor's room, my name is Jeff Tarowski. This is Dave Tarowski. We have the same last name. We're brothers. Wow, great. That was great detective work. <laughs> Dickhead. I'm such a dick sometimes. <laughs> wow, this was fun. Um, my voice is starting to go, so we're going to wrap it up. Um, last thoughts? Uh, any uh, uh, thoughts about our ranking, uh, 197 uh, in Sweden? There's uh, 200 and... Oh, was it? Oh, shit. I'm, I'm raising it, or uh, lowering it. <laughs> I'll take it, though. 297. We, we break 300 in Sweden. That's the first step. Let's go for Finland. Finland is next. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this edition of The Actors Room, a special one. We did one long one. The last one was Robin Williams. Weird. That Robin oh, yeah. and Jim have the same sort of episode. 
Very similar. Length and similar kind of takes. Let's, let's hope that Jim Carrey can break those boundaries of the dramatic side of it, like yeah. Robin Williams. Wouldn't it be great? He could do it, I think. I don't know. Eternal, think, was that Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, that was the closest he's got. Yeah. Um, this new show, he might be able to. I, I need to see a lot more. I just feel there's something about Robin Williams who, as a person, he was deeper I think he, in what way? Uh, the sadness. Oh, the, the okay. The, you know, okay. There was something more. There's no way. I don't want to say there's no way, but it's hard to imagine Jim Carrey pulling off a Goodwill Hunting role. <clears throat> I was thinking about that. No. So that's that's where Robin Williams to me edges him out as far as acting. Oh, I agree. I do. By a fucking long oh, shot. Oh, I agree. So. Thank you, Jim Carrey, for giving us some great performances in the 90s. Those comedies, priceless. We'll never forget them. And he really does appeal to a lot of people. They love his comedy. Um, And uh, I hope that you enjoyed this show in the Actors Room. I hope that all of you are having a great day. Have a great night. Uh, It's a Friday night for us. We're going to break away, get something to eat, and uh, enjoy our evening. I hope you do the same. Join us next time in the Actors Room. Have a good one.